Welcome listeners to this episode of Public Service Psychology Now. I'm Dr. Tanisha Blue, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Tamara Lynn. Dr. Lynn is a clinical and consulting psychologist who, throughout her career, has applied her unique experience and insights to all aspects of leadership and professional development. She has served in many roles within the Bureau of Prisons, including two tours as chief psychologist, two tours as associate warden, and administrator of the psychology services branch with oversight of mental health programs and staffing agency-wide. She was one of only very few psychologists appointed to the position of warden in the federal prison system and was part of a very small cohort of female wardens. Since retiring from the BOP in October of 2021, Dr. Lin is a full-time consultant and coach to leaders in high-impact, high-stakes industries, taking a strengths-based and systems-focused approach. Working as a warden during a global pandemic, Dr. Lin developed deep insights into crisis management for teams and individuals, fostered psychological safety, and taught skills for resilience and learning agility. Dr. Lin graduated with honors from Harvard Radcliffe and holds a master's and a doctorate in psychology from the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. Dr. Lin was recently elected by APA members to a seat on the APA Board of Directors for the 2022-2024 term and is the current past president of the Society of Psychologists in Leadership. I'm sure you will enjoy today's interview with Dr. Lin as she discusses the insights that she's learned over her career. Thank you, Dr. Lin. Good afternoon. Hello, it's so nice to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for agreeing to do this for us and for our listeners. So to get started, please tell us about yourself and the work that you do. Sure, I'm happy to do so. I am a clinical psychologist by training, and I joined the Bureau of Prisons as a postdoc in 2001. So right out of graduate school, I entered correctional psychology and uh, spent over 20 years doing that work. I had a very rich and interesting clinical career uh, at a number of facilities over the course of my time with the Bureau. Um, and while I was doing that, I really developed a fascination with how facilities were run. Uh, they were like little cities that needed all of the services and supports and systems um, that any little city would need. And it just fascinated me. Um, and I was also really interested in institution culture. I was interested in how a positive culture could really support the clinical work that I was trying to do, but that the opposite could also be true that a negative or poorly functioning culture could really undermine clinical outcomes. Um, so over time, I developed interests in organizational psychology and issues around leadership. And I le leaned on my training and my experience to improve the systems and the processes that I was a part of um, and to try to improve the teams that I led. Uh, so at uh, about the halfway point of my bureau career, I transitioned out of clinical work 
and I became an associate warden at two facilities, uh, moved later into the uh, administrator role for the psychology services branch. So I had oversight over the mental health programs agency-wide, uh, and then returned to the field as a warden, uh, where I retired last October as the warden at the Low Correctional Security Institution at Butner, North Carolina. So um, I was able to do a lot of things inside one career, which I'm really, really grateful for. Uh, and over the course of my career, transitioned into organizational consulting and executive coaching, which is what I do now. And I specialize in helping leaders improve their own effectiveness and improve the results for their teams, especially in high intensity, high stakes environments like the correctional environment that I served in. I'm also a new member at large on the APA Board of Directors, and I'm very, very happy to be serving in that role. So um, life after government service um, has been busy, but very rich. Well, that's wonderful. There's so much to talk about there. Congratulations on you on being on the Board of Directors at APA. That's really wonderful. And, and it's great to hear that you've got so many things to do after retirement. Um, it's not really retirement, it's a new kind of, it's a new start, it sounds like. It absolutely is. I feel like uh, I am transitioning into another uh, chapter of my career, which I think is one of the benefits of public service psychology. Um, those of us serving in the government, many of us can uh, retire relatively young and go on to do other interesting things. That's great. That's great. So getting back to the beginning of your career, what was it that brought you to public service psychology? Well, I, I will admit that public service psychology and particularly correctional psychology were not part of my original plan. And I tell students all the time to be really honest with themselves as they think about their strengths uh, in terms of their clinical work. Um, it turned out that the original path I had chosen doing child and family work did not really play to my strengths. Uh, I found that I was not enough of a kid at heart to do really good play therapy. It was a stretch for me. And uh, while I was trying to think about what else I could do as a clinician, I started to do psychological assessments for the Wayne County Courts in Detroit, Michigan. I was uh, assessing kids who had uh, been detained in juvenile detention facilities throughout Wayne County and were awaiting the decision of a judge often the judge would want to know what kinds of supports this particular young person would need in order to be successful. So I helped support myself through school by doing these assessments. And I really enjoyed doing them. And I really uh, was challenged to think about what sorts of recommendations would be helpful for these kids. 
but I found that handing over my recommendations and then moving on to the next assignment was not terribly gratifying for me. I really wanted to know what the outcomes were for these individual kids. Uh, so I started to think about doing clinical work inside prisons and jails. And at that time, this was the mid-1990s, uh, people might remember that funding was being pulled from state psychiatric hospitals and prisons and jails were becoming the new state psychiatric hospitals for all intents and purposes. Um, so they were seeing the cases of mental illness that might otherwise have gone to public hospitals. Uh, so inside correctional systems, I really saw the full spectrum of uh, psychiatric conditions. And I really enjoyed uh, trying to develop supports for these folks. And I enjoyed seeing their progress over time. It was also an opportunity outside of the managed care system that was really taking hold at that same period, the mid 1990s. Um, I knew that I uh, did not want to build and manage my own practice. I really just wanted to provide care. And I uh, was not interested in working inside the managed care system as it operated in those days. So uh, going into corrections was my chance to really focus on the clinical work. And then later on the organizational psychology issues inside prisons and jails. Um, so, so that was my path to, to public service. Looking back, uh, it's, it's very clear to me that I was always interested in issues and causes in the public interest realm um, as a volunteer and as a clinician, but uh, my career in corrections really helped uh, solidify that for me. Wow. And it seems like it was such a successful transition from doing the clinical, from doing the child clinical site work to going into the jails and then eventually going into the prison system and then eventually becoming, becoming a leader. And, um, and so I am, I am interested to know what is it about what you're doing right now as a as a organizational consultant and executive coach, what is it about that that is that you bring to the table as a psychologist? That's a fascinating question. I, I think that my answer to that evolves as I continue to do this work and continue to reflect on the work that I've already done. Um, I think that one way that my former career and my current work connect is um, this idea that in high stakes environments and under pressure, we cannot always be 100% prepared for whatever challenge is going to come in front of us. And those of us uh, working in the military or in corrections or in public safety, um, you know that you can plan and you can prepare for all kinds of scenarios, but you may not prepare for exactly what you are confronting. You, you really have to rely on 
past experience and learning from those past experiences to be able to apply them to novel situations. And, and that's what I enjoy helping people do, helping people to really appreciate what they, what wisdom and experience they've acquired over time and be able to transfer that to novel situations. Um, I think it really helps people to be much more confident in their work, that they can be prepared for anything. Um, some of you listening may recognize agile learning principles as I describe this. Uh, I really think that they're very relevant to um, being able to respond in uh, a crisis. Wow. So teaching people to look back on what they have learned over the course of their work experience or life experiences. And even though you haven't encountered the current set of circumstances, you can apply some of that to what's happening before you in the middle of a, a, a novel situation or a crisis. Absolutely. You know, without that kind of confidence in your ability, it's easy to throw up your hands and say, I'm stumped. I don't know what to do in this situation and perhaps hand over the challenge to someone else or to uh, concede that it can't be addressed. But instead, I really think that uh, if we are really thoughtful about examining lessons learned from previous experience, we can be prepared for, for new challenges. That's so inspiring. That's so inspiring. So I thank you for sharing that. You know, if, if I could also add, you know, you have me thinking about um, one of the early experiences in my uh, career. It was literally two weeks after I started my first uh, position at a federal prison that 9-11 happened. And uh, it was the moment that I really identified very, very strongly as a public service employee, as a government employee. Uh, staff at, at our facility really came together in a crisis to secure and protect the institution against a danger that we weren't quite able to identify. Um, it really gave us a sense of unity and purpose around our charge mm -hmm. for that time. Uh, and throughout the rest of my career in big and small ways, staff came together to do exactly that. And uh, it's, it's one of the things I really love most about my public service career, uh, that we came together to meet a common mission, uh, sometimes under dangerous circumstances, but we, we helped each other through it. Wow. That is... That's a wonderful story to share. Thank you for sharing that because it really goes back to what we do in, in, in public service psychology and it ties in together with what we're talking about with this, this experience and crisis. So as we, we're about to end, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I, I would like to encourage listeners to pursue their interests outside of their immediate work setting. 
there was a point in my career where I really made an effort to do that. And it opened up such terrific opportunities for me. Um, these could be opportunities for self-care, but also opportunities for professional development outside of your day-to-day -day work. Uh, so for, for me, one of those activities was finding and getting involved in an organization called the Society of Psychologists in Management. I found them in 2016 when I had become the administrator of psychology services branch. And here I was a, a psychologist working in a very bureaucratic policy oriented setting, no longer in an institution. I was among mostly non-psychologists and having to um, partner with them to help support the work of psychology services. Um, but I was leading a large team uh, and I felt a bit like a unicorn, you know, a psychologist having an executive role. Uh, there weren't very many of us in the Bureau. And SPIM became a professional home for me because it is full of other psychologists who lead large organizations or consult to them or study them. And they are experts in organizational health and in leadership. And they were in the same hybrid roles that I was trying to, to navigate in my career. Um, I joined them, I became involved in committees, I helped plan conferences, I eventually joined the board and uh, served as president ultimately. And during my year, we uh, went through a rebranding into the Society of Psychologists in Leadership because we really feel that that really captures the range of activities that our members are a part of. Um, but we also uh, committed to infusing issues of diversity, equity, and, and inclusion in our work and in our program offerings and our, our CE opportunities because we really believe strongly in uh, DE&I. Um, I will be handing over um, my board role at our April conference in Alexandria, Virginia, and I will be rolling off of the board. Um, but I, I truly believe that without this organization and the support of other psychologists who were trying to manage dual roles like I did, um, with, without them, my career would have taken a very different path. And I may not have decided to become a warden um, and certainly would not have had the support to become a warden during a pandemic, which presented all sorts of uh, leadership challenges and my psychology training was a critical part of, of being successful in that role. Um, so maybe there's an organization that someone wants to know more about. Uh, maybe it's APA and getting more involved in APA governance. But whatever it is, um, there are opportunities to grow and learn and be part of a community outside of your work setting. And I really encourage people to, to explore those options. Thank you for that advice. That's wonderful. And that's, and that's wonderful information about, about an organization that some of us may not have heard of as well. Well, yes. Dr. <laughs> they can yes. find it at uh, psychleaders.org is the home for uh, SPL. And then, of course, 
APA.org for possible APA opportunities as well. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Lynn, thank you so much for being willing to talk with us. This has been an informative and inspiring conversation. And I hope that you will continue to flourish in your, in your, in your business and in your, your organization consulting and coaching work. And good luck to you and your business. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you.